0: Love, talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. I'm Cynthia Pooler. My guest is Larry Rolson. Larry Rolson writes for the Albany Times Union and we're going to have a discussion about what the economy is going to look like after the coronavirus ceases. So I'm sure Larry, first of all, how are you? Oh, I'm doing
1: well, thanks Cynthia. How's the treatments going? Good. I'm all, I'm more than halfway done with my uh chemotherapy and um uh I've got 5 left and my 8th is up on Monday. So, I'm very uh glad to keep knocking off my treatments. I got 12 total, so I'm getting there.
0: So, when you go when you go for a treatment, um you of course you put a mask on. Does everybody
1: who's a patient they have a mask on also?
0: Yeah, they're
1: really good about it. Everyone's got a mask. Some people will take them off. I mean, uh, during their therapy, just like to get some fresh air. But for the most right. if they're eating or drinking water. But um, you know, the all the medical professionals are wearing masks, and everyone else is. It's. It's pretty decent. though. They do a pretty good job of uh, keeping everyone socially distanced. Now, where 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 do you go for your treatment? The uh, New York uh, Oncology Hematology, which is in uh, Patroon Creek, and that's their uh, main okay. office. They actually had right. to, uh roll their Albany. They had an Albany Med chemotherapy location that they rolled into the the Shroom Creek one to give uh, oh, no. all the Medmore space for the coronavirus.
0: Oh no kidding! Yeah. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about what economy is going to look like once this whole thing dies down. You know, because now they're saying there's going to be a number of states that are opening up very soon, and um, I don't know how many businesses will be affected by opening up. Um so overall, what do you think the economy is gonna look at look like once this whole whole situation is behind us?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. So I um I listened to this uh the the Troy Innovation Garage, which is a shared workspace location in Troy. You know, obviously uh-huh. they they've had to close completely, and um, they held a, a conference, uh, sort of like a summit, virtual summit using Zoom, and they had a lot of uh, business leaders, and it was interesting. So Philip Morris, who runs the uh, Proctor Theater, to me that's the uh, the most extreme. I I don't, I mean, I know they've opened theaters in other parts of the country. I think that's going to be where, even if they open up theaters, people are going to be very nervous about going into theaters. And and, uh, uh, Phil Morris of Proctor said there's no way that uh, those, you know, his theaters and – he wasn't really talking movie theaters, but you could throw them in there – that people are going to want to be in them. And so he thinks those large gatherings – aren't going to take place right away and if they do i mean i can't even imagine the spacing they'd need and and people in general they might be fine in a open air stadium but a closed theater i think his point was people just aren't going to flock back to those big gatherings anymore and i think that probably would apply to to restaurants even if they opened how comfortable are you going to be mm-hmm. doing that and what's your motivation? I mean, it's not going to be like a regular restaurant where it's packed and people are having fun. How fun is it going to be? You know, wouldn't you rather just take, take out until there's a vaccine ready where you can totally feel like you're safe.
0: I I have a friend who's a retired doctor and we've talked about the vaccine. He says that eventually this, a virus like this dies off, and you know he doesn't think. Well, um, I think maybe a vaccine is not warranted. What do you think?
1: Well, I would assume they're they're going to have a vaccine, and um, I mean I keep hearing it's going to come back every year, It'd be like the flu, and they might have to modify it every year, but. I definitely think a vaccine is warranted and um, I think that's the only way people are going to go back to normal if they feel like they're uh, you know I don't know I'm not a medical doctor either I I just haven't heard that it's just going to go away mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, you know the flu comes back every year and I think that that's right. how they see this as a seasonal at least a seasonal virus that's going to keep coming back and um, uh, it's so highly contagious uh, you know that that's my uh, opinion. That you know you're not gonna see people going back to big arenas, theaters, and maybe restaurants in the way they used to until there is a uh a vaccine. So uh, th- that's just my what I gather from it. Um, well, you this, know this, I th- wait, <laughs> wait. sorry.
0: This weekend is Mother's Day weekend and uh they had they have the uh tulip Fest which yeah. is in happening. And I'm sure that there's not gonna be the although I don't know but I assume that there will not be a Fourth of July celebration. I'm sure yeah. that there's not gonna be music down at Alive at Five and Music at the Plaza yeah. So it's like you know things that I really look forward to. I don't think is going to happen this year.
1: So yeah. long
0: term, long term. Do you think that eventually, like artists and so forth, at some point, will that get back to normal or will that change?
1: Yeah, I, I, I think that uh, you know the more the outdoor stuff might go more quicker back to normal than any indoor stuff. But, yeah, mm-hmm. those big festivals, they're so important. The t- t- tourism, things like, you know, Saratoga Racecourse, I,
0: right.
1: I can't imagine they would hold people there. And that could happen for, depending on, I really think it's all dependent on the vaccine being widely available. And I don't see that happening. You know, you could have one or two seasons of, toga impacted I mean this season if it happens it's gonna happen later and then it'll uh be probably just uh no spectators. But uh God it's a shame when things like the Tool Festival are uh impacted. Right. and uh those big tourism events. But uh it's gonna be really tough. I mean uh Times Union Center events indoors. I that's gonna be tough. I know that they're, they're uh, trying to have the you know college and professional football, but um, I think I, what I'm getting, what I kind of see, is that they're they think they're gonna have a seasons, but a lot of people are think it's doubtful. Um, even the NFL. Um, I've been watching um, Korean baseball. There's only two baseball leagues operating right now there's one in China and one in South Korea and they are operating with they have like had the best testing and best response to the pandemic and so there's very few people now in South Korea that are catching the the coronavirus and um they are holding games without fans and um so the the major leagues here sports teams are Sort of looking to South Korea as a model, and uh, they aren't anywhere close to bringing people back into the stands, and they're way ahead of us. So I kind of look at that as, uh, you know, uh, and and the way they do it is if someone catches uh, the coronavirus that on any of the teams, they're going to shut the league down for three uh, weeks automatically. And I just don't – you know, if the one of the major sports leagues here in the United States opened up. I guarantee you someone's going to test positive in the first mm. couple of weeks, and they're going to have to shut it down. So if I, you look at South Korea as a model, they're way, way ahead of us. They still don't have people in the stands. So uh, I see that as a barometer of the ability to bring people back. To these 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 venues, and I just don't see it happening soon.
0: So um, when I put the TV on, they say that uh, a good percentage of the people being uh, unemployed or thrown out of work um, are uh, low wage workers. Yeah. So, from your perspective, how many of these People that are no longer employed, who are collecting unemployment, how many of those jobs will never come back?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what the percentage is, but there's going to be this. Uh, businesses are going to get used to these, you know, uh, lower, lower payrolls and less workers. And, uh-huh. yeah, I, I I think a lot of companies are going to go, well, we don't even need office space or we don't even need these employees. We got by selling online or doing takeout. You know, a lot of the mm-hmm. waitresses won't be um, needed and uh, a lot of, like, restaurant and workers. I, You know, it's interesting. The, the real demand has been there's a company in Albany. I wrote about this yesterday. There's a company in Albany that makes hydrogen fuel cells used in forklifts in Walmart and Amazon warehouses. And their business is booming because so many people are ordering online um, Mm -hmm. and getting home delivery of everything from their groceries to their, you know, other supplies. And um, so this company, Plug Power, that make the hydrogen fuel cells, they they said that uh, Amazon and Walmart are busier than they are, even are during Christmas right now, and so, so but so that's a that's only a small percentage of the uh, you know total uh, employment across the country. So it's concentrated in a very small uh, subset of, uh, of the companies. How, now,
0: how is how is Plug Power doing as far as their their stock?
1: It hasn't been doing well because they still continue to lose money. They've been what they're trying to do is gain market share even while losing money. They, they're because they have Walmart and Amazon as customers. Mm-hmm. They they actually their fuel cells power forklifts that uh, move 25% of the the uh of food and groceries in the United States. So they, mm-hmm. they've been growing this market share so that when they do become profitable they'll have this giant um market share. Okay and, uh, so they, but their stock it's, the Wall Street hasn't isn't impressed with that. Uh they're still losing, you know, I think they lost more than I can't remember if it was twenty or thirty million dollars in the first quarter alone. So they, they could still lose a lot of money. That's why their stock's been, it's like $6, I think, or maybe is it 4 but it's 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 off its high for the year. And um, with low oil prices, the demand wasn't great for fuel cells. But uh, now during the pandemic, um, uh, companies that use them are using more of their um, their supplies than ever.
0: So you just mentioned a couple of of minutes ago that um, there's people who whose jobs might never come back. So if that's the case, then there's going to be massive dislocation. What's going to happen to those people?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, are they going to end up on long-term unemployment? Are they going to? Maybe they're going to be the ones that. Have to take a job at a, you know, Amazon's going to just eat everyone's lunch during the pandemic, and then they're going to come out stronger. I mean, those might be the people that end up working at Amazon warehouses. Uh, you know, they're building one in Skodak right now, and usually, if they build right. one, they they build these ancillary businesses around them. And unfortunately, I you know, I going from being like say a waitress to a Amazon warehouse worker that uh you probably have a lot less autonomy and I know it's not great working in those Amazon warehouses but and it's unfortunate um that uh people have to make those choices but that's just how I see it. I mean there'll be all these restaurants in the capital region that uh, that either won't open or be limited in how they open for a long time. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to have, but Amazon's not going to stop building their new warehouse. So, and that's going to be like 800 jobs. So, I think people are going to just be forced to go with that.
0: But Amazon cannot take in everybody who's been located, dislocated out of a job. Um, There's got to be other things that'll open up. What do you see that might open up? maybe people cannot foresee it now but you know there's yeah. gotta be a solution to so many
1: people who are dislocated. Yeah. No, it's interesting. I know um Bill Moore said that with them not doing as many uh shows right in their venues, they're mm-hmm. gonna be expanding their um their um T V they have like uh, public access channels they operate, and they proceed mm-hmm. opening those up to new cities and syndicating it um uh in like a digital app that uh could be used across the country and so they're doing more of that virtual production um mm-hmm. I know that they see that as the next wave i you know I don't know they obviously would have to hire for that and then um there was a restaurateur in Troy who is pretty um, well-known. I, I can't remember her name right off the top of the bat, but she operates like an oyster bar in Troy. She said she's working mm-hmm. on a new business that will be like a virtual restaurant. I don't know exactly what she's talking about, what she's thinking of, but I see foresee that these, these businesses that adapt to the pandemic – and you know use that to their not advantage, but there's gonna be new opportunities about how businesses operate I mean those businesses that can those like restaurants that can figure out take out and carry out and delivery and things you know that that same uh uh oyster bar in Troy created these um Cocktail clubs where every week you'd get cocktails delivered to your house, cocktail mixes mm-hmm. that you can make yourself at home, and they kind of made it a fun thing. So you know, uh, I think there's a lot of opportunities out there. Way uh, perhaps people that get dislocated can work for these new companies. That there's, uh, but I think that a lot of those workers would need retraining. So how much retraining? Uh, Is going to be available to people. Maybe that's where like community colleges will maybe benefit if there's a lot of people want to get back to work. It'd be also interesting if they they create a federal jobs program like they did after the during the Great Depression. I don't know if that's going to be something that would retrain people. But I uh, assemblywoman Faye had floated that idea where a lot of the they could do train people and public health to do contact tracing of the coronavirus and uh, mm-hmm. other jobs programs, but um, like I've said in the past, there's always demand for software developers, so I think that if there's a lot of retraining in that, that wouldn't be the worst thing.
0: Mm-hmm. And coding also, do you
1: think? Y- yeah, yeah, coding, all that. That would be where the future lies. I mean, there's going to be there's going to be a lot more virtual businesses that'll be in huge demand, especially IT. I mean, with everyone working from home and businesses trying to do tele, tele meetings. And then you have there's offices doing telehealth. Obviously they're going to lose a lot of the like receptionists, but, um, if those people can, you know, get retrained, um, Obviously, the construction has already restarted, so I think probably there will be less demand for construction workers just because of lack of uh, capital investment by companies, but there's still going to be construction, and um, so that's just another field. I don't know if that's going to go up, go down. But I remember you
0: know, um, I had done an interview a, a number of years ago uh with an organization in the capital district called uh Albany Can Code. And it yes. was a uh, company that taught people how to code. Yes. And and the and the uh, uh they they were able to command a pretty decent salary. Yeah. So one time I had run across one of the school board members in Albany and I asked that person about uh, teaching coding Albany High and that person said to me well you know what's taught at the beginning of the semester might be obsolete at the end of the Uh semester. So that person was was not like Young ho on coding. So you think that that uh mindset is gonna change?
1: Yeah, I you know, I've I've also been to Albany High. I know they have like a robotics club. I don't yeah, I think that's a shame that the I mean my son is at middle school was in middle school and they did basic they you know, pre coding teaching as part of their engineering science class. Uh but yeah, I, I would I, that that mindset just sounds really outdated. Most of the uh school districts that I talk to uh they're they're and I know at the Albany schools and the middle school they have some people doing some they last summer did coding um as a summer camp kind of thing that was created within the district. So, you know, I don't know about that one teacher but uh I do know that the, all the school districts pretty forward thinking. I would think that they would now maybe uh, be doing, but I I know of every district does some coding. It's you know it should be in some down in Florida they teach coding as like it's a foreign language, so you could either pick French, Spanish, or uh, computer coding. They consider it a language, which I oh I know.
0: Yeah. Huh. You know, uh, before the coronavirus, there were a lot of complaints that people were spending more and more time on, on their devices. You know, uh, and okay, so now that we're kind of sequestered. Yeah. Those those devices are our, you know, gateway towards, you know people and things yeah. and other stuff that's going on. So yeah. do you think do you think that the the uh advent of technology will keep people more or less isolated after the pandemic goes away?
1: Yeah, no, it's a good good point. Uh I think that uh definitely during the pandemic people were more tolerant of they're being, you know, themselves every their kids being on screens. And so I I I think that that, you know, before the pandemic everyone was always worried about screen time, right? How much are you on mm-hmm. the, the But now those are just out the window. I mean, it's the only way we even know what's going on outside our own little bubbles, right? So
0: mm-hmm. uh
1: it's not I don't th- I don't think that I think that's going to come out to be we are definitely going to be more glued to our devices after this is over, which is just kind of a shame. Obviously, it's going to just have huge implications on the social economic landscape. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're totally right. Uh, I think there's going to be more tolerance of that and more normalization. You're going to see people on their phones and people are going to be like, that's all right. At least they're keeping away from people, which is too bad, right? <laughs> right yep
0: so you think that's just gonna be the new norm,
1: yeah I do. I think a lot of things are gonna be the new norm. I mean, we go, oh, we're gonna go back to normal, definitely won't it's gonna be slow, and even if they open things up, people just aren't gonna go back right away, and so mm-hmm. definitely, you know, if they opened everything up tomorrow, who's really willing to to make those changes when you really do we really know how, you know, here in New York it's definitely not under control yet and um, I just can't imagine them, even if they opened everything back up that we'd be going right back to that and uh, I think our life today is going to look a lot very similar even three months from now. You know, there's
0: been a lot of rallies across the country. There's been some in Albany where people are um, uh, wanting to have businesses reopen, and Cuomo has kind of taken a an approach that you know uh it's, it's more gradual than in other states. Do you think that the that that he's right that um uh, businesses should open or?
1: His approach where it should be done gradually. Well, yeah, I mean his approach I think is right. I mean, how are we gonna even open businesses till the schools are open and I you know, the schools are closed for the rest of this year and I right. am very doubtful that they're gonna start on time or have it's definitely not gonna be normal. I mean there might be a lot of days off. So, I mean uh Parents won't be going, those businesses that everyone's got school kids, I mean, that's going to be really tough until they get the school situation squared away. So I have th- th- thought Cuomo's had a good approach. I don't think it, people need to go fast at all.
0: Well, so we have a couple minutes left, Larry. So give yourself a little plug.
1: Yeah, so uh, uh Larry Rulison, I a business writer at the Times Union and um you know uh hope everyone is reading our stuff we got some free coronavirus coverage otherwise become a subscriber and we cover everything in the capital region from business to breaking news and politics timesunion.com
0: thanks Larry i look forward to talking with you again and i look forward to hearing you tell me that you're feeling better yeah. And have you had have you had a CAT scan?
1: No, I don't have my first CAT scan until August, uh, when my treatment's over. So I'm anxiously awaiting that uh, uh, scan. Now you haven't had any any
0: scans at all.
1: I had before my surgery, my cancer surgery, where they realized I had some tumors of my abdomen, and uh, that's when they realized they had to do a more complicated surgery on I me mean, than than uh, they previously thought. But I haven't um, had one since uh, they did the surgery to take him out.
0: So we'll talk again soon. So you've been listening to Larry Wilson. I'm Cynthia Poole. This is Focus on Albany. Uh, if you like this show, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, download on your smartphone, Subscribe to iTunes if you have a comment about the show. Hashtag Focus on Over Me. Thanks, Larry. I look forward to talking with you again. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a wonderful day.